Kairos. This is your moment. Liberty is not man's idea, it's God's idea. We must participate in the public square. This is a moment in time that will define history as we know it, the furtherance of America as we know it. That's a powerful gift, freedom. And we're not gonna bow to tyranny. This isn't me standing, it's us. This is the moment for the body of Christ. We pray that there would be an awakening and a revival in the nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us tonight, folks. Uh, to my right is Kirk Cameron, and Kirk, you're our guest tonight. But more than that, most of the clips in that video introduction that we've done for Vintage McCoy was your doing. I mean, I, we had the essential, uh, what do we call it? I know, uh, non-essential. Non-essential. Uh, we did the event at the beach. Yeah, the Christmas caroling. Yeah. Yeah, the evil Christmas caroling. And then also, also I was on TBN. That was another event you were doing. That's right. Uh, that was, uh, I think, 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 Pray, Vote? Yeah. I think, I think so. That was awesome. Hey, well, I'm, I'm so excited about this new format. This is really cool. Vintage McCoy. I first saw it and I thought, does Rob have a wine label? Yeah. I'm thinking like maybe he's pulling out the old stuff from his dad and his mom or something yeah, no. and he's bringing it forward. Yeah, no, that's for later time. That's right? another time. A lot of folks are thinking. And it's not wine, it's going to be whiskey, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. No, scotch. Don't forget scotch. about it now. Uh, a lot of folks thought it was just a bunch of reruns. It's not. History matters. That's why we call it Vintage McCoy. History so cool. matters. And it does. Vintage and truth. Yeah. Vintage freedom and liberty. Vintage. That's, that's great. Yeah. We, we look back because there's answers and dust off the old books. And we got to navigate through this. Um, and and I, 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 I'm, I'm thrilled you're here because you've been doing this 100 days of revival, these campfires, uh, and you've been doing it on Facebook. You, you're getting like three million views on these things. People all over the country are tuning in, looking for hope. I've loved the messages that you've put forward. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching you contend in the public square for liberty and bringing hope to folks that, you know, at this point they're thinking, just do I throw my hands up? They're, they're watching radical transformation of their country before their yeah. very eyes, that the news is troubling. And yet, every night you're out there encouraging the country. I just want to say thank you. I've been blessed personally by your messages. Well, I got this idea from a guy who yeah. is this, uh. this, this freedom fighter, liberty lover, contending in the public square at a church called Godspeak. Anyway, every yeah, day. Yeah. And I thought, hey, that is such a great idea. I'm like, we got we to gotta, we gotta get another, another horse in this race. Yeah. And, and I thought, I found myself saying... Everybody now is talking about the, the first 100 days of the new administration and all of the things that are being rolled out. And, and rather than just wringing our hands going, what's going to come next on day 20 uh, and, and hoping for somebody's plan to fix what's wrong with our country, I thought, man, I'm tired of this. Yeah. I want my own plan. And yeah. I want everybody in the family of faith to have their own plan. And, and we know it's got to be saturated with prayer. We know it's got to be humbling ourselves and, and, and worshiping and praising and thanking God. And then let's go back and examine the sacred promises and principles that our founders made to make the greatest country the earth has ever known. And maybe, maybe we'll get a clue about what we can do. I, I'm glad that you segued in that direction. And that's where your, your program every night goes to because 
we are in a crisis point with the church in America that they don't they don't understand the concept of liberty or yeah. the churches need to be involved in the public square. And yet every event that was on that introduction, you had a hand in because you have been laboring on behalf of liberty and it's coming at a great cost. I mean, when we did those beach events, you were getting beat up by the media all over the place, making national news. And really, what were we doing? We were going to the beach to worship the Lord while the sun was setting. Yeah. And somehow we are, even though undocumented, nothing happened. No. We're not super spreaders. That, that was never the case. But somehow that has to be the, the, the point where the media unleashes and disparages your character and all that we're doing is, oh, somehow we don't care in a community. But we did it because we care. Exactly. And, and remember, no one was forced to come. Nobody. It was just an invitation. If you'd like to come out into the fresh air and, and, and you know, look at the water and the sun setting at the ocean. And worship. Uh, and you can be spread out. Or you can be half a mile down the beach and hear the music if you want. And you can wear a mask. And you can wear a mask if you want. Uh, this was all voluntary, and people were thrilled to come. They were saying, oh, this is like a breath of fresh air. I want to sing and give thanks, not just be huddling in my house, uh, wringing my hands over the news. Yeah. And, and here we are in a, in a time period where it seems as though uh, America's divided, and especially the church, where they look at folks like us and they say that we are in violation of Romans 13 because we're, we're not submitting to the authorities and their decrees. Um, and, and the church is open, mm -hmm. and we're not wearing masks, uh, not right. forcing people to wear masks, right. I should say. Not forcing people to wear masks. Right. They can wear whatever they want. They're welcome. Uh, we're not forcing social distancing. In the same when we do the worship events, the same thing holds true. We, we believe in personal responsibility and religious liberty and freedom. Yeah. And so we stand upon that because they're pushing against, and, and we're saying, look, this, this virus doesn't merit the destruction and violation of the First Amendment. And, and then folks that are shepherds and ministers like you and I are saying, no, you're in violation of Romans 13. And we See, we're not used opposite. to pushing back as the church. Yeah. We're not used yeah. to flipping the tables and going, the, the, you know, the, the judo move that actually goes, and you flip the tables on the guy, and you're like, like we're not used to doing that because we want to be meek and mild, yeah. gentle, and, and peacemaking, which we should. But remember, uh, Jesus is not only the lamb, he's also the lion of the tribe of Judah who comes uh, and he brings a sword. Um, so we got we to balance that out and understand that we live in a very unique country. And I've learned a lot of this from guys like you and Jack Hibbs and Marshall Foster, that that yes, there's an authority that we are to obey, but who's the authority in the United States of America? It's not in Washington, D.C., it's we the people. Right. That's a game changer. Once we understand that, and we have to understand that, now we have a whole new conversation. It's easy for us because we have a constitutional republic that defines who the authority is in Romans 13. But prior to that constitution see, being made... the church doesn't get involved in politics, so we don't know about, we don't know about the constitution. Yeah, yeah. Well, time out. Jonathan, Jonathan Mayhew, before the constitution was written, contended on the eastern seaboard as a minister, declaring that Romans 13 says that they're there for our good and to do good. And if they don't, they lose their authority. Yes, that's what and, a beautiful thing. And disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God. And so they're, you know, our elected officials governed by our consent, and they're constrained by the articles of the Constitution yeah. and, and the 27 amendments. And so it brings us to a place where folks are saying, oh, you're an alarmist. I mean, all, all, if, if we just do this for a little longer, 
I mean, first it was 14 days to flatten the curve. Now we're a year into this. A year into a year. the 14-day and, and plan. And we now we're double masks, triple masks. Uh, what are we doing here? I, I'm thinking that we should just go straight to like full hazmat suits with, with wetsuits underneath. But you made a good point when we were talking earlier. If we've had COVID mm. and we have the antibodies, we are still required to wear a mask. Even, if, even if you're currently healthy and showing no signs. No signs. You've and you have the antibodies. And you have the antibodies. And you're still not allowed to not wear uh, the covering. And if you have the vaccine and you're still not allowed to not wear a mask and you're healthy, when then does a healthy person person not get to uh, not wear a mask? Never. Yeah. And do do they give the reasons for the justification of infringing on our First Amendment rights and this unlimited submission that we're supposed to give to the government that that changes the narrative on a continual basis and none of their projections were right i mean we're here we are we've already gone past a year in the county calculating deaths we're approaching i think 770 deaths in a county of 856,000 people um and 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 almost 700 of them are 65 60 and older with comorbidities. And, and we're, we're looking at the entire county being affected, churches being shut, the Supreme Court ruling, and all this happening, people saying, if you just submit, it, it's gonna get better. But I'm, I, I would say no. I, I, they're gonna take as much as we're gonna give them. Yeah. And I got proof of it. Let's see it. Well, I wanna I want share with you in, in the news, uh, some people have been tracking it, although I imagine it's not on on just the general news channels. But there's a pastor by the name of Pastor, pastor James Coates, and he is a pastor at Grace Life Church in Edmonton, Canada. And uh, the, the government was, was forcing Pastor Coates into a position where he had to choose between disobeying God and obeying the government. And, and he chose to obey God, and he, he was put in prison. He's, he's been... He's, he's, He's in lockdown right now. He willingly um, presented himself for arrest because he knew they were coming after him. He didn't want to make it difficult for them. And he, he, was, he was rebelling against this tyranny of these lockdowns and saying that they couldn't worship and they couldn't honor God. And, and the government uh, told him, you're in violation. And they came out to arrest him. They didn't find him. He went and gave himself up. But, but take a look at the Canadian Constitution because this man currently is in solitary confinement. He's arrested. His wife is out of, you know, she, she, she doesn't get word, uh, and they have arrested the man in Canada, in Edmonton, Canada, for preaching the gospel, holding to his clerical calling, and this is the Canadian Constitution, the current Canadian Constitution, written in 1867. It's... Um, the Charter of Rights, it, in 1982 addition to the Constitution that outlines the civil rights of every Canadian citizen, the Canadian Constitution can only be amended with the approval of the provincial governments, and here's their Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Uh, section titled Fundamental Freedoms, the Charter guarantees everyone the freedom of conscience and religion, thought, belief, opinion, expression, including freedom of the press and means of communication, Peaceful assembly and association sounds similar to the United States of America. That goes further, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security. No one can be deprived of these rights except in accordance with principles of fundamental justice. Additionally, everyone has the right, and then it goes on. But they have, 
They've locked this guy up, and they say the justification for locking him up is that he is a, a, a public danger, and the church is a public danger, to the spread of COVID in Edmonton, which, mm. would, which would be the Alberta province. The Alberta province has almost four, I think it has four million people, four mm. million plus. Um, Edmonton is much like our county as far as population. It's like 900,000 people. And the justification for locking this guy up because he has the audacity to worship God and the people gather to worship. And, and this is their justification. They say this is, this is justification for the infringement of their constitutional rights. And it's, it's, it's COVID-19. And this is how it's affected the province of Alberta. 4,370,000 people live in the province of Alberta, Canada. There's 5,222 active cases of COVID right now. The positivity rate, 4.6%. 356 hospitalizations, including 58 in ICU, in the entire province of Alberta. And the death toll, 1,798, which is four one-hundredths of 1% one is the death toll. And the average age of those who are dying is 82 years with comorbidities. And that's justification. To put a man in solitary to, to, to put a man in solitary confinement and shutter the church and say no one is allowed to worship. Can I ask you a question? Yep. You're cut from the same cloth as a, a, a pastor who <clears throat> loves liberty like this guy. Some pastors would say, dude, what are you doing? You have a wife. You have kids. You have a congregation that you could be ministering to over the internet. Why are you doing that? Why is he doing that? The Lord says, and the last time I checked, that's the one we're accountable to as ministers. Yeah. The Lord says, do not forsake fellowshipping with the saints. It's Hebrews. It, it's very clear. It also goes on to say in Romans 13 that all positions, all authorities appointed by God, and that we're to obey those authorities, and they're there for our good. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on to say in the furtherance in Romans 13 that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so, what is the greatest gift we can give to our neighbor? Freedom. No one is to enslave them. No one is to take their livelihood. No one's to destroy their businesses. No one is to allow them not to be able to be with their loved ones so that they have to die alone. No one can force them, Amen. if they're being abused, to be quarantined with their abuser. No one can take their child's education away from them. No one's allowed to do this. This, this, is, this is outlined in love thy neighbor and, and do for them what you'd want for yourself. And that freedom, it, and it says whatever things are true, we're to focus on that. And if you look at Romans 13 in the clarity of it, that if they're not doing this for our good, they no longer have the right yeah. to be an authority. And we are called to push back. And as citizens of this country, we the people are the authority now in Romans 13. And it is our right and our duty that when they violate the Constitution they swore to defend, we must, in good conscience, stand on behalf of the citizens and, and our neighbors. And they are using a virus, especially in our county, of 856,000 people. We've had a little, about 770 deaths. It's still, what, four, five, one-hundredths of one percent of the total population death? And yet the, the lion's share of those deaths are 60 and older with comorbidities. 
and, and they have justification to shutter churches and shut them down. As we're watching the curve drop, we're seeing the Supreme Court say open in this capacity. And it's their burden to defend their science if they're going to infringe on our First Amendment. Yeah. But they, they take all that out. And, and let's, let's take a look at the First Amendment in the United States of America. Take a look at this. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. We don't even have the freedom of speech. They relegate us behind a video camera and then they censor what we can say. Yep. And if we don't carry that's the, a good point. That's if, a good point. If we don't carry the narrative, they remove us from the internet. So there's no freedom there, and they don't allow us to meet in person, and they muzzle and distance us, and the science doesn't add up, and we see the numbers. And my point is this: What's the next step in the United States if Canada is at that point, and they have the same similar constitution we have, and a and a, and a pastor is now in prison right now? in prison because he's preaching the gospel for a virus that has a four one hundredths of one percent death rate in the entire province of Alberta, let alone Edmonton, and the lion's share of those are folks that are 82 and older. I mean, the life expectancy is 78. Yeah. So, so this is justification to put a man in prison for preaching the gospel. Where are the churches standing in opposition to this tyranny? Wow, that, that, that's crazy. You just said if the, death, if, if, if the average lifespan is 78 and the average death of those dying with uh, COVID is 82, then people are actually living longer on average with COVID than without COVID. Yeah. What, what, what then is the problem? And, and, and what are we doing to the life expectancy of young kids as we're devastating the economy and watching, especially in San Francisco, an increase in suicides? We've had the highest number of opioid deaths in a 12-month period. Yeah. What about those young people that are really losing their life expectancy because of, the, of this tyrannical, draconian governmental uh, application of what they think is a cure to this virus? So, so, Rob, the thing that goes through my mind is I'm hearing you say this, and I, I imagine others are, are, are asking themselves, too. It's like, well, then if, 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 if everything you're saying is true, and I agree, this sounds crazy. This doesn't make sense. Why would they want to do that? Why do they want to shut down the church anyway? Like, why would you do that? It only makes sense if you can say, well, there's... There's a whole nother motive behind all of this. There's a whole higher thing going on that nobody really wants to talk about or believe. And I'm not saying we should get into it, but it's like, what's the missing piece in all of this that we like, why would governments do that if that's really not reasonable or scientific? And that's the scary stuff. Yeah. Uh, this was in the acorn today. And, and I, I really like Becca Whitnall. She is really good at... Um, putting down the quote that you said. I mean, she writes down what you said. And uh, I can't say that for everyone. That's a blessing. Yeah, she, she's, a, she's a good writer. Uh, so in the encord today, uh, the county of Ventura has, uh, while the, the county of Ventura has dropped or settled most of its cases against violators of COVID-19 health guidelines, that's not the case with Godspeed Calvary Chapel in Newbury Park. That's us. Assistant County Counsel Jacqueline Smith told the ACORN this week that the county's not given up its legal battle with Godspeak despite a series of Supreme Court decisions siding with religious entities. The most recent, a 6-3 ruling that says states cannot ban indoor religious services outright. 
the recent SCOTUS decision would not affect the Godspeak case so long as Godspeak and its pastor continue to hold indoor worship services in violation of the state's health orders, as they have continued to do to date, Smith said in an email. The church in Dos Fantos neighborhood is not following the new relaxed restrictions, she said, which permit indoor gatherings providing, provided the building is kept at 25% capacity and worshipers are following safety protocols like wearing masks and social distancing. Um, in the Harvest Rock Church versus Newsom, on February 5th, the Supreme Court ruled that California's ban on indoor services was unfairly applied to churches. If Hollywood can host a studio audience while people cannot worship indoors, something has gone seriously awry, said Justice Neil Gorsuch and Clarence Thomas. Mm. The justices uh, did say the state could enforce limits on attendance as well as ban singing and chanting during indoor services. And then when she reached me for comment... Um, I just simply said, uh, we're not making any changes. In May, Godspeak was among the first churches in California to resume indoor services. It has remained open uh, at capacity ever since. We, we draw now a thousand people. They have freedom. They come. Uh, they know the consequences, and they do that. And, and uh -huh. many of them have lost their jobs because uh, people would consider them to... Uh, put themselves in harm's way and putting them in harm's way, which isn't the case. None of that's proven. Um, and the Supreme Court's decision is not perfect, as I said. It only grants interim relief, but it is nonetheless to be celebrated as one in a series of recent victories and is a big step in the right direction. It is a signal from the high court to the state and local governments that such disparate treatment of churches will not be tolerated and by the way, I also added, the church has filed suit against the county claiming the health orders violate the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. That's, that's the, the issue. That's the judo move that needs to happen. It has to we happen. We need to get on the offense, not stay cowering on the defense. It's their responsibility to prove the evidence scientifically that they have justification to violate our First Amendment right and to justify declaring the church as non-essential when you're declaring an abortion clinic essential, and that's not covered by the First Amendment. And, and listen, rights are like muscles. You don't exercise them, you lose them. Huh. And rights come from God. And the church should be the primary defender and, and staunch supporter of liberty and freedom for all citizens if they truly love their neighbor, that's even right. if it comes at a cost. That's right. I, I, I think you're right. And that's, got, that's, that's a re-education process for so many of us who have gone to church our whole lives and... Anything having to do with civil we rights or liberties? Compliant. We just want to be compliant. Yeah, it's, 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 that's for others to, to deal with. It's like we're, we're here in church to learn about the, you know, the Sermon on the, Mount, on the Mount and how to be good Christians and uh, to understand you know, the original Greek uh, of a particular passage. Yeah. But talking about how that applies to liberty in our culture, uh, that's never been, on, that's never been on, the, on, on the dock for us to talk about at least in our generation. Previous generations, they talked about it all the time because, like you said, if liberty is God's idea, well, then there's a, there's a very essential religious aspect to our liberties, and the pastors and the churches must be about that business. Well, it, I, I want to share with you a quote from Stalin, and I'm not sure if I recall it completely. Um, the, the, there's, do you guys have that slide? Look at this. I want to show this to some of you. These are some of the things that I, I listed, and it goes along with what you were saying earlier. The left promotes more government, so more unity. That's what they want. They want us to, to have this unity because they want more government. And, and we're highlighting this to emphasize the hypocrisy. 
of the left promoting unity while they're constantly attacking with hatred and stirring up deeper and deeper division. She's not backing off. She stepped away, this assistant uh, prosecutor, but she's coming after us. We're going to make an example of the church. But they're, they're backing off other areas, whether it's businesses or, or the like. But they're going to make a point to come after this nonprofit. How dare you think you're uh, more important than the government itself? And, and, and that's, in a sense, God, one person's God versus another person's God. They don't want unity. They say they want unity, but they want us to obey. That's right. This isn't about unity. This is about conformity. Mm. And, and I, would, I would add to radical ideologies that government is the answer, and the bigger the government, the safer we are. That, that doesn't work. This is Stalin's definition of unity, where, where unity is the absence of opposition. Mm. And, and you st- we're going to make an example of you. And that's what they're doing with this, this one pastor in Canada. How dare you stand? Put him in prison. And you say, well, that's not going to happen in America. Really? I mean, the, 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 the Ventura County's dropped their cases, except for against us. And, and have they proven medically? And that's why we countersued. You, you've, you've got to explain yourself. Yeah. Where do you come off violating our, 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 our First Amendment rights, inalienable, given to us, with a virus whose numbers don't add up, and your projections are all wrong and have been, We've lost loved ones. People have been affected by this, no doubt. But does that merit what you've done? Rob, this reminds me so much of a movie that uh, I saw recently called The Giver. Uh, And The Giver, if you haven't seen it, it's based on a book. I think Lewis Carroll wrote the book. And the the acting is tremendous. You should see it. Meryl Streep and Jeff Bridges. uh, Taylor Swift plays a role in it as well. And it's just what you were saying with that quote. It was like they had unity. When you looked at it, it was all in black and white. Uh, Everyone dressed the same. Everyone lived in dwellings, not homes, not part of a family. They lived in dwellings, and you had a particular name, and you were given the assignment of your vocation job when you were young, and you devoted yourself to the community uh, insofar as they could benefit from whatever you had to offer. And when they were done with you, you were released in a graduation ceremony to elsewhere. Babies who didn't meet certain weight standards and intellectual standards were released to elsewhere. Old people released to elsewhere. And within this community, you could in a way say there's unity, but it wasn't unity. You realized all the choices had been taken away and it was enforced conformity. Yeah, unity is the absence and of it opposition. And it's the scariest thing ever. And you should see it if you haven't seen it. It's called The I, Giver. You also described the person that had the answers. Yeah, he was the guy that knew history. Yeah. That's why what you're doing here is so important. History matters. History is like, it's like a, you have a crystal ball into the future. Well, we don't really have that, but we have something almost as good. We've got a crystal ball called history where we can go back and see where people made the same mistakes and you can watch to see the result of those things and what it produced. Wait a minute. The root of government tyranny of these, these other ideas beside liberty produce the fruit of bondage yeah, when you and remove destruction. The- and, and now if we do the same thing now, we know exactly what's going to happen. It's been done before in Russia. Yeah. It was done in Cuba. It was done in, in China. It's being done in... And then, but they, but they, 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 they gaslight you. 
Oh, come on. There, that McCoy, he's, he's a, what, what's the, the latest one? Um, a QAnon follower, QAnon follower, which I've, I've dispelled, never even followed, never even spoke on that. And, and they dismiss you, they label you, and now you're irrelevant. Uh, so it can justify their apathy, and they just put their head in the sand, and it's going to be okay. We just keep doing it, it's going to be okay. It's not. I mean, we're, we're a couple clicks away. And if we don't stand for this, they'll take everything we're willing to give them. Everything. Yeah, I know. And I think all... all... At least the, those of us who are awake, who are learning, I, I think we're going through a few things emotionally. One is, I want to be awake. I want to learn. I want to understand what's going on. I want to see the truth. I want to be red-pilled. I want to be in reality. I don't want to be caught up in a matrix that I don't know that I'm in. <laughs> but then there's another level of fatigue, I think, that sets in for a lot of people that says, you know what? I'm just so tired of arguing. I'm so tired of trying to convince people of things. Maybe I'm crazy. I just want to get back to normal. So I, people are now creating their new normal. Triple masks, uh, visors, and wetsuits, uh, along with, um, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like I, I go running out in the hills. There's nobody out there. I see people, you know, I mean, they're going to be out on surfboards in the middle of the ocean with, with coverings because... They think that they're doing the moral good. And putting a pastor in prison is the moral good if what they're saying is true, that he's endangering people's lives. And so we've got to come to the, come to the end of this whole thinking and say, what's the deal? Yeah. What's the deal? Because this is not going to get better until we change the narrative. So when you, when you pointed out, you know, history matters, vintage McCoy, and, and you were gracious to lay that out. The, the, the illustration comes to mind. You, you and I are sitting on a train, and we're, we're face-to-face, and the train's going this way. So you're looking at the direction the train's going, okay. and I'm looking back. When you look out the window, everything's going by like that. Right. When I look out the window, I see an expanse of clarity. And that's history. That's good. You can take it all in and you can see the beauty of it. For you, it's just... And I would say to anyone who's going through anxiety, dust off the old books. The answers are there. Yeah. Calm down. First of all, get into the scriptures. Yeah. He'll keep the imperfect peace whose mind is steadfast on thee. Spend time in the scriptures. Psalms, Amen. Proverbs, wisdom, Amen. praise. Get to know the Lord his Amen. deity in the book of John, you know, some of the struggles, if you want to go Amen. through Isaiah, that's a great insight. Some of the narratives, if you want to look at Samuel or you want to go through Daniel or the yeah. book of Acts, very comforting. Any one of the Gospels, that's number one. That's looking back and you get to see. And, and that same faith for thousands yep. and thousands and thousands yep. of years has ministered to countless generations in a time of great turmoil and then dust off the old books of a 244-year-old country, oldest country in the history of the world under one article of incorporation, and look at the magnificence and start to go back. Yeah. And, and start to realize, and especially as we do this, and we educate the folks on History Matters Vintage, and I want to bring Marshall in. I want to bring a number of them. As a matter of fact, tomorrow we're going to have Bill Federer. Awesome. And we're going to look at Jonathan Mayhew, and he's, he's going to give some insights in relation to that. And all of a sudden, you'll be comforted. 
Because there's comfort to be able. Yeah, it's amen. just passing by and it's scaring so important. you. Rob, if I can jump jump uh, on Take that it. point, I went to dinner at my mom and dad's house last night, and, and we got into this conversation, is and then we started talking about the things that are going on. Did you hear this? And so and so is doing this, and then they did this yesterday. And what are they going to do tomorrow? And, and and it was very easy to let ourselves slide into this uh, this this black hole of despair and depression, and what can we do, and all that stuff. And I go, wait, no, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. That's not how I'm supposed to think. We walk by faith, not by sight, and we have history on our side. And so one of the things that Marshall Foster has always said, and it's just drilled into my head, he said, remember, covenant keepers win, covenant breakers lose. You just have to stick around long enough to see the end of the story. And and I I think back to the pilgrims. Look at them. I mean, these are separatists coming out of ultimate tyranny in England, and they learn from their pastor the biblical principles for power and the spheres of government. You have uh, personal government, you have family government, church government, civil government, and they're different all under one sovereign God. They learned these things, and then they said, you know what? It's not like because we're outgunned and outnumbered and outfunded, we should just, you know, cry in our, in our, in our uh, little Christian huddles. No, God is on our side. He's gotten us this far. He's all about liberty. Let's get conquers. on a boat and make a 500-year plan and go start something. Yeah. And maybe God will use us as stepping stones for our grandchildren to finish the work. And here we are today on Vintage McCoy talking about this stuff in the freest nation in the world. Yeah. It works. It does. Got to walk by faith, not by sight. If there's going to be... A renewal in America. There has to be an awakening in the church. An Amen. awakening to the responsibility of teaching congregants what, what liberty means and, yeah. and that we are to contend against tyranny. And that, you know, Exodus is setting slaves free. Jesus came to set the captives free. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. Don't truncate the gospel to make it about just raising your hand and, and you know, that's great. Conversion's great, but discipleship is critical. And and discipleship beyond the walls of the church to, as you spoke of the four spheres of governance, where it's personal, and then it's familial, and then it's church, and then it's government. All that is under his jurisdiction, That's right. and pastors need to return to that. Because otherwise, you're going to be one of the countless ministers in Canada watching their brother imprisoned, Yep. And you're doing nothing. Maybe you're 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 doing some moral pietism by, you know, virtue signaling. We'll pray for you while you're in prison, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, 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 and we'll feed and we'll feed your family some some meals while while you're stuck there. Yeah. Instead Until you cha- come to your senses. It's getting real, folks. It's getting real. You know, um, on the program. I was, and I had the privilege to meet this guy um, a couple years ago. He's one of the most down-home, easygoing guys, but he is a vicious attorney. When I say vicious, I don't mean that he's, he's just really good at what he does. And he has defended religious liberty in America for a number of years and has offered to help us. Thankfully, we don't need him right now, but he's always there. And, and folks have reached out across the country to help us with our case. Right now, we're doing well. But if we need big guns, even bigger, we'll bring them in. But when you hear this man speak about religious liberty in America and how it's under assault, it's captivating. And I found a clip where he's... he's I've heard him speak extemporaneously on this topic, 
But I found a clip where it's actually produced. And, and I, I love Prager clips, but I, I want you to see this, and then we uh. can talk about it. It's Kelly Shackelford, uh. and he's speaking on religious liberty with this Prager clip. Take a look. Yeah. What is religious freedom? Why is it important? And why is it now under threat? Hold on a second, I can hear you saying. Religious freedom is threatened? Who doesn't have religious freedom in the United States? You can be a Protestant, a Catholic, a Jew, a Muslim, or a Wiccan. You can believe in anything or nothing. This was true, but not anymore. Seems like almost every week a new dispute arises between people of faith and government agencies alleging that believers are violating the rights of non-believers or simply violating government edicts. Given that the search for religious freedom was central to the founding of America, this is quite a reversal. As Thomas Paine put it in his influential 1776 pamphlet, Common Sense, this new world hath been the asylum for the persecuted lovers of civil and religious liberty from every part of Europe. It wasn't an accident that the first freedom listed in the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, is about religious liberty. Here's what it says. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. This meant the new United States would have no government-sponsored religion as Europe had at the time and no restrictions on how you practiced your religion. British historian Paul Johnson draws a stark and telling contrast between the two great revolutions of the 18th century. The essential difference between the American Revolution and the French Revolution is that the American Revolution, in its origins, was a religious event, whereas the French Revolution was an anti-religious event. That fact was to shape the American Revolution and determine the nature of the independent state it brought into being. Now, two centuries after the Bill of Rights, Freedom of religion, one of the main goals of the American Revolution, has morphed into freedom from religion, one of the main goals of the French Revolution. That's not what any American should wish for. Here's why. Because when they come for your religious freedom, they're coming for all of your freedom. It's the totalitarian tell, the giveaway. This is what the founders understood and why they were so insistent that religious liberty be in the Constitution. To them, freedom of liberty was tantamount to freedom of thought. If you aren't free to think as you wish, you can't claim to be free. They were right. There is no example in history of a regime suppressing religious freedom and not suppressing other freedoms. One of the first things the communists did in Russia after the Russian Revolution in 1917 was to close nearly every church and take control of all religious life in the Soviet Union, Christian, Jewish, and Muslim. To this day, all religious life in China is strictly controlled by the Chinese Communist government. Why do repressive governments fear religious freedom? Because it challenges the authority of the state more than any other freedom. People who adhere to a religion believe that there's something higher than the state, and no repressive government can tolerate such a belief. That makes religion the first target of those who want ever more power and ever more control over its citizens. That's why, even if you're not religious, if you care about freedom, you should care deeply about religious liberty. My job is to protect religious liberty, and let me tell you, the trends are troubling. Eight years ago, my caseload was 47. Last year, it was over 300. Here are some recent examples. Bremerton, Washington high school football coach Joe Kennedy was first suspended and then fired for going to a knee after a football game to say a brief, 
silent prayer. A three-judge panel for the Ninth Circuit Federal Court of Appeals concluded that because Coach Kennedy could be seen engaging in religious expression by students and fans, the school had the right to fire him. The city of Houston is attempting to ban a small Orthodox Jewish community from worshiping in the home of its rabbi. Given that the neighborhood includes a rehab house, a Ghanaian church, and an East Indian cultural center, the city's action is hard to fathom. A peace cross in Bladensburg, Maryland has stood for almost 100 years in honor of 49 young men who died fighting in World War I. Yet in 2017, a court ordered the cross to be torn down. One judge offered a novel compromise. She suggested we chop the arms off the cross to make it less offensive. Fortunately, we won that case 7-2 at the United States Supreme Court, and that cross is still standing. America is also still standing, but it won't be for much longer, not as the free country the founders envisioned, if we don't take these threats to religious freedom seriously. The great historian of post-revolutionary America, Alexei de Tocqueville, understood this very well. When men attack religious beliefs, they are following their emotions, not their interest. Tyranny may be able to do without faith, but freedom cannot. I'm Kelly Shackelford, president of First Liberty for Prager University. Tyranny can do without faith, but freedom cannot. Mm. And, and I, it, you asked the question, why would the government do this? And it takes me back to what was in the Acorn article that uh, Becca Whitnall wrote. Jacqueline Smith, the assistant counsel for the county, they're dropping all cases for COVID health violations except the case against Godspeak. Uh. We're going to make an example of you. How dare you think your authority supersedes ours? Who do you think you are? Wow. That, 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 that video is so important. I want to show that to, to, to my wife and to my kids because we got to understand that. that even, I love that he said, he said, even if you are not a religious person, you should fight for religious liberty because if they take that away, they'll take all your other liberties away, which yeah. is your freedom of speech, your freedom to think, your freedom to go into a store, a freedom to walk around without something over your face, over your head, who knows what it's gonna be. And your freedom to not be thrown into solitary confinement for violating these restrictions. For, for a virus that is not as nefarious as they declared it to be, not as deadly as they declared it to be. Dangerous, yes, but specifically we've seen where. They've used this to violate the freedoms First of all, they've taken businesses without remunerating them. That's a violation of what, the Fourth Amendment, or is it the Fifth? Remunerating means? They have to give them money. They, they, if they're shutting their business, they've got to give them money. They've got to compensate isn't them. That a set, isn't that effectively stealing someone's property? Exactly. Yep. Like, yeah, like my life savings went into my business, and now you just, you just torched it. Yeah, you, you must shut down. Well, what are you going to give me? To go? No, I'm, you get nothing. So essentially, you just took it yeah. and stole it. Yeah, and you still have, oh, we're going to hold off on sales tax. What do you mean I sales tax? I don't have any sales. Not, not, I don't have any sales. <laughs> yeah. That's. We're living in crazy times. Yeah. But you know what? These are exciting times. They are. I've learned. Turn it around, Christian. We Turn walk by faith, not by sight. These aren't dark days. These are exciting days. These are the days uh, where 
heroes are made because character is required, and that's what people are seeing in you. That's what people are seeing in Charlie Kirk. That's what people are seeing in Seth Gruber. That's what they're seeing in Jack Hibbs. They're seeing people rise up, and I think that it's great that we're now studying the Constitution. We weren't doing this yeah. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and now we are. Praise God for all the good things that are coming out of this. Yeah. I just hope it continues and it happens quickly so that we can save this republic. Amen. That's a good word. Well, I'll tell you what, because um, you, you got your event and you, you got to record that too. So would you, would you pray for us in accordance with that awakening and, and that idea of revival? Um, and then when you're finished, I'll close with the blessing. I'd love to. Dear Father, thank you for this, this country that, uh, that you've given to us. Lord, thank you for the brave men and women who sacrificed so much so that we could have this time. Don't let it die on our watch. Lord, uh, use these trials uh, to produce the character and the perseverance and the faith and the hope uh, that you, you, you say in your word you'll produce. And let it produce uh, even joy and thankfulness that we get to be alive at this time. Mm. Lord, revive our faith, revive our family, and revive our nation. Please come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, uh, before I read the blessing, how do folks get in touch? How do they follow you? Especially the 100 Days of Revival Fireside. Yeah, um, affectionately calling it the American Campfire Revival, uh, our 100-day plan. And just follow me on Facebook. Yeah. Just go to Facebook or Instagram. Facebook's better. It's live. Cool. All right, then they'll do that. Do it right away. And he's got the coolest fire pit, USMC. You already told the story about that. Uh, on, the, on, the, on the Facebook yeah. thing, yeah. That, that's cool. And I love the torch that lights it. That's really epic. <laughs> I'm envious. All right, folks. Well, uh, thanks to our guest, Kirk Cameron, uh, blessing us tonight and the joy of having him with us. And then also make sure you follow his Campfire Revival 100 Days. And how many, how many are you into now? Today, tonight's uh, day 29. Epic. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, check it out. And then uh, we're going to bless you tonight as we have every night for 300 and I don't even know. I've lost count. Uh, this is out of Numbers chapter 6. So let me bless you all. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow night. We've got the venerable Bill Federer, nice. and we're going to be covering Jonathan Mayhew. And this is your history lesson, folks. Time to dust off the old books, and it's going to be solid. So tune in tomorrow night and join us, and we, you'll come so back, good. won't you? Oh, if you invite me? Yeah, always. All right, All right. thanks, man. Thank you. All right, folks, thanks for joining us. Good night.